Sudan in focus on the voice of America. I'm John Tanz in Washington working on this program very much. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Monday, August 1st, 2022. Members of two rebel groups dismiss President Salva Kiir's call for dialogue to resolve South Sudan's political instability. And a group monitoring South Sudan's ceasefire is calling on the transitional government of national unity to graduate the unified forces. However, most of them have again returned to their home due to the delaying graduation complete with poor living condition and logistic challenges. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. President Salva Kiir has called on holdout groups to embrace dialogue as one way of addressing the country's political instability. But some of the groups say Mr. Kiir made the call because the unity government is set to expire in February 2023. For VOA News, Wake Simon Wood reports from Juba. This is President Kiir's second public call for dialogue with the holdout groups fighting his government. Kiir made the remarks during his speech on Matas Day, July 30th, which marks the death of South Sudan's founding father, John Garangi Mabior, who died in a helicopter crash during the country's struggle for independence. In honor of our martyrs, Kiir said, let us devote our energies to achieving total peace and stability in the country. By doing so, we will assure that our martyrs are honored for eternity, end quote. Samuel Suba, spokesperson of the National Salvation Front, describes Kiir's call for peace as a gimmick aimed at legitimizing his stay in power. There's a council that met the president to issue that statement because he is, he is more, they just less than six months to become, become illegitimate. So I think it is the pressure of going out of legitimacy now to appeal for us to have a dialogue. I bet that he rejected on this time. That is one. Number two, the agreement that he has at hand is failing. And that agreement soon will come to an end and it will not give him any legitimacy. The transitional period of the unity government is due to expire in February 2023 unless parties to the peace deal agree to extend the period. For four years, talks between the Kiri administration and the South Sudan opposition movement struck army have not yielded any results. Kiri called on the whole outer groups to, quote, Embrace dialogue as a tool for resolving our differences because it's the surest way to achieving rapid development in the country, end quote. Colonel Philip Denkwal, spokesperson of the South Sudan United Front, welcomed Kir's call for dialogue but said peace talks ground to halt because the Kir administration did not want the process to move forward. 
These negotiations have been attempted many times in Rome, but could not signal the true test between Soma and the government in Juba, because there have always been the mastermind plans in Juba orchestrated to obstruct the ongoing dialogue in Rome. For instance, last year, we were negatively accused of attacking people along the highways in South Sudan, which was actually not true. And that led us ignited President Kiir to suspend the talks before he later gave room for resumption. Soba says his group is no longer interested in talking only to the Kiir administration. What we want is now the faith of the South Sudan is in the court of the people of the South Sudan. And that's why recently we be in a position we say we wanted a round conference that will bring all the political forces in the country together, including the people of including the civil society and children groups in the neutral ground to discuss about the faith of the country. That is actually what is in the priority here. So the question of appealing for dialogue for any peace is no longer necessary. The Kira administration has held talks with the South Sudan Opposition Movements Alliance or SOMA since 2020 after the holdout groups refused to sign the revitalized peace agreement, saying the agreement did not address the country's core problems. However, the raw mediated talks were put on hold after President Kir ordered his delegation to pull out of the talks in August last year, accusing the holdout groups of carrying out empty attacks on Juba Nimule Highway in violation of a ceasefire. Soma denied the accusation. Kir reconsidered his decision in November last year, and the two sides last got together for peace talks in late 2020 in Rome. SOMA, which is composed of the National Salvation Front or NAS, South Sudan United Front Stroke Army or SSUFA, Sudan National Movement for Change or SSNMC, and the Real SPLM recently issued a joint statement outlining their plan for change in South Sudan. The group said the government of South Sudan is on what they called the verge of collapse into anarchy and a constitutional vacuum resulting from the transitional government's inability to address the root causes of the conflict, mismanagement of the country, and the total failure to implement the flawed revitalized peace agreement. The group further said the country is on the brink of disintegrating away with weapons and is now engulfed in unprecedented violence and lawlessness. For VONOs, I'm working Simon Wudu in Juba. The ceasefire and transitional security arrangements monitoring and verification mechanism, a body monitoring the South Sudan's ceasefire, is expressing concern over delays by the government to graduate the joint security forces who have been at cantonment sites for years. The head of the Citizen VM says the soldiers who were recalled to cantonment sites last month in anticipation of a graduation have abandoned the camps. Then Deng has more for VOA from Bor. Speaking at the ceasefire and transitional security arrangements, monitoring and verification mechanism meeting in Juba on Friday, the head of the group, 
Lieutenant General Azrad Denara Hamid says he is concerned about the continuous delays by the government to graduate the necessary joint unified soldiers. Ahmad says a citizen VM team recently visited cantonment sites and training centers across the country and confirmed that many of the soldiers recalled to the site last month have abandoned their camps and returned to their homes after seeing no sign of graduation. Citizen BM team have visited containment sites and training centers and observed that whereas many areas had come back in anticipation of graduation at the end of June, as earlier announced by Artegan. However, most of them have again returned to their home due to the delay graduation complete with poor living condition and logistic challenges in the training center. Ahmad also raised concern over a step of intercommunal violence and new insurgencies in parts of the country. Violence against civilians and armed clashes between the parties continue due to lack of strict control by the parties on on their military personnel and armed groups under the control influence or command, lack of command control. The graduation deployment of the National Unified Forces is critical for addressing the security issues in the Republic of South Sudan and will be a big step forward for the peace process. Last month, the President Salvakir and his former ARC rival, First Vice President Riek Machar, agreed to graduate the Unified Forces at the end of July. That did not happen. Last month, the Joint Defense Boards, a body tasked with overseeing the training and graduation of the forces, said it was putting together a timetable for graduation of the forces in Vahel Ghazal, Upper Nile, and the Equatorial region. The spokesperson of the Sudan People's Liberation Army in opposition, Colonel Lam Paul Gabriel, confirms most soldiers at containment sites deserted their training centers because they were angry. Yes, it is true that uh, some uh, soldiers deserted. I can only say desert because when you desert, you don't come back. But uh, they left uh, to look for food because, you know, when there is no food and other basic services in the training center, uh, there is nothing you can do apart from going outside to look for ways to survive. Uh, we cannot conclude that they really deserted because we know that whenever we call them, they will always come back. The JDB or NPC have not yet sat down and come with a specific timetable. Gabriel says conditions in the training camp, such as lack of food, medicines, and clean water, led soldiers to abandon the training centers. Tens of thousands of forces have been assembled and trained at various containment sites and training centers since 2020. Dozens of the trainees are reported to have died of starvation or sickness at the sites while waiting to be graduated. When contacted for comment, Major General Lul Rai Kong, a spokesperson for the South Sudan People's Defense Force, said he was not updated on the graduation of the Unified Forces. The September 2018 peace agreement requires the parties to train and graduate a unified force of 83,000 personnel to take charge of security during the transitional period until 2023 when elections are held. The unification of the army has been delayed time and again.
Machars SPLM AIO faction and members of other opposition groups participating in the unity government have charged that President Kir and members of his group have repeatedly displayed a lack of political will and unwillingness to graduate their forces. Colonel Gabriel says South Sudan has enough money to implement security arrangements. They always talk of lack of resources. But I know that uh, we have resources enough to be able to read these forces. But what is really missing is uh, the political will. We, we still doubt ourselves. We still lack trust and confidence among ourselves. Much as uh, uh, this is at leadership level, we are not talking about uh, the forces in the Senate or in the government side. The government has often complained that the United Nations arms embargo has frustrated efforts to graduate the unified forces, saying there are not enough weapons for the soldiers. For VOA News, I am Deng Guiding in Bor. Authorities in Eastern Equatoria State are raising concern over what they call looming hunger in parts of the state. The authorities say a poor harvest last season, coupled with skyrocketing food prices, makes it difficult for some families to put food on the table. The state's information minister says drought has destroyed most crops cultivated in the first season of this year. For VOA News, Viola Elias reports from Juba. Margaret Oliver, the paramount chief of Moli Tokoro in eastern Equatorial State, tells South Sudan in focus most families are suffering because their crops did not yield any food in the first farming season due to the long drought. Oliver says communities have started cultivating in the second farming season, but they will have nothing to eat over the next few months. She says many families will suffer from hunger. Oliver says to survive, a number of families in and around Torit, Kapoita and Nimule have resulted to selling firewoods and groundnuts to earn money to buy food for their children. The issue of hunger is very serious to the extent that if we don't cut firewood and charcoal to sell so that we are able to buy a cup of maize flour to feed our children, then we will have nothing to eat. This is what we are going through. If at all it is we the adults, then that will be okay. But what is so bad about the situation is that we have small children who can't bear hunger. As we speak, we continue to cultivate maize, sorghum, sorghum and groundnuts. Felix Makumoi, the paramount chief of Pageri village, says members of his community are struggling to feed their children after most of their crops were destroyed by drought and elephants from Nimule National Park. Since 2017, we are suffering the issue of elephants. In Pageri Payam area, uh, you know, we are surviving with the... When you, you go to... Uh, do the, uh, you get the charcoal, you can buy Eastern Equatorial State Information Minister Patrick Oting says the long period of drought this year destroyed most crops. In addition, Oting says overall economic conditions in Eastern Equatorial State are very worrying since most communities rely on farming for their livelihood. 
Those who do not cultivate, especially those who are in Torit or those who are in big towns, those are the people that are going to be affected because they are depending on buying things from the market. Those are the people that are not going to be affected, those people like in Torit, maybe those who are in Numule and Kopoita. Uh, those are the big towns whereby we know the majority don't cultivate, but they are depending on their pockets, you know, to feed their family. Oting is encouraging residents to embark in farming, saying it is the only tool they have to fight hunger in the coming months. Every family should cultivate something at least so that they can able to eat and the surplus they can sell. Because if we cultivate, we'll reduce the issue of hunger. You know, And of course, food is uh, the number one thing in our life. So our message to the communities it's still not late, even for this year, it's still not late. As I talk to you right now, it is raining in Torito. So we are telling them, please take your home, go to the garden, dig, because we need food. Oting says the State Ministry of Agriculture and UN Food and Agriculture Organization, or FAO, have given residents seeds to help reduce the hunger crisis in the coming months. Meshak Malo, country representative for the FAO in South Sudan, says his agency is distributing seeds and tools to assist communities so they can take advantage of the current rain to plant crops. Malo says intercommunal conflict and cattle movement have affected fowls, seed distribution and farming programs in some region. He says insecurity in some part of the country has also contributed to food shortages. This lack of peace definitely will affect uh, negatively. Uh, some of these areas and uh, Eastern Equatorial Road even last year was still not able to produce enough food for itself. See that very close interrelationship between food, peace and uh, food and, uh, and the lack of it. So it's, uh, we need all of us concerted efforts to ensure that uh, there is peace so that the farmers and the farming communities can, can be back to their land and be able to plant. Malo is urging the South Sudan government to intervene where there are intercommunal conflicts to avoid mass displacement of people and so community can utilize the rainy season and plan. For VOA News, I am Viola Elias in Juba. The UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR, this week reported that global crises have combined to rise levels of acute malnutrition in dozens of refugee sites surveyed, most of them in Africa. For VOA News, Lisa Schlein reports from Geneva. UNHCR officials say they are concerned by their findings, which show a significant deterioration in the nutritional condition of refugees. Monitoring refugees' nutritional status resumed last year after stopping in 2020 because of COVID-19 restrictions. The officials say a third of the 93 sites surveyed in 12 African countries and in Bangladesh showed serious levels of a global acute malnutrition. measurement of a population's nutritional status, and 14% of locations recorded life-threatening levels of malnutrition. UNHCR spokeswoman Shabi Amantu tells VOA the rates of malnutrition are particularly troubling, as they were recorded before the war in Ukraine sent food and commodity prices rising. This is a key concern because nutritional intake is really key to building healthier and resilient communities. The the leading causes of illness for refugees remained upper respiratory tract infection, um, malaria and lower respiratory tract infection. And we had non-communicable diseases also accounting for for about 5% of consultations, um, as well as mental health. 
These concerns are playing out at a particularly difficult time marked by the COVID-19 pandemic and record levels of people being forcibly displaced by conflict, violence and natural disasters. Despite these problems, the UNHCR says gains were made in the inclusion of refugees into national health policies. A survey of 46 countries found 76% included refugees in their national health plans and practically all refugees were able to use primary health facilities. In another promising result, by the end of last year, the report says 162 countries had included refugees and asylum seekers in national COVID-19 vaccination plans. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva. You are listening to South Sudan in focus on the voice of America. Coming up, the UN Refugee Agency says migrants from Africa have continued to be victims of trafficking. Find out why after the break. South Sudan in focus is now on WhatsApp. Send us a message on plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. Tell us what's happening in your area or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on South Sudan in focus. We look forward to hearing from you on WhatsApp. That number again, plus one, two, zero, two, six, three, zero, eight, zero, one, one. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. The UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR, Friday called for more to be done to protect African refugees and migrants from traffickers on their way from the Sahel and the Horn of Africa towards North Africa and Europe. For VOA News, Lisa Schlein reports from Geneva. UNHCR spokeswoman Shabia Mantu says traffickers take advantage of African refugees fleeing persecution and violence and of migrants fleeing poverty and climate shocks, subjecting them to appalling abuse. Some, some of them are left to die in the desert, others um, are faced and suffer repeated sexual and gender-based violence, um, kidnapped ransom, torture, and many other forms of physical and psychological abuse. Um, so the, the, the tra- human trafficking issue is, is widespread and it's, it's uh, incredibly alarming. The report issued by the UNHCR in the Mixed Migration Centre at the Danish Refugee Council is based on information from 12 countries, from Burkina Faso and Cameroon to Somalia and Sudan. Mantou tells VOA human traffickers and smugglers use technology and online platforms to advertise their services to unsuspecting victims. She says traffickers employ the internet to identify, groom and recruit victims, including children. She says the UNHCR is urging governments and the private sector to work together to crack down on the use of the internet by traffickers. These these same digital technologies can be leveraged to actually counter the issue and counter trafficking by um, helping empower communities with trustworthy information to better protect themselves and also be aware of the risks that they might face um, on these journeys to ensure that there are protection services available to the people that are taking these um, precarious and and perilous journeys to prevent and end uh, the human trafficking and, and smuggling risks. The report provides tailored information for refugees and migrants on services available on different routes. 
The UNHCR is calling for the creation of shelters and safe places, better access to legal services, and specialized services for children and female survivors of trafficking and gender-based violence. UNHCR officials stress the importance of identifying critical locations to serve as so-called last stops, places where refugees and migrants can get information about the dangers that lie ahead before they embark on journeys across the Sahara. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva. From Geneva, we move to Dakar, where voters in Senegal cast their ballots for legislative elections on Monday. Maurice Trompen, senior research analyst for the Institute for Security Services, cast his vote early in the morning and afterwards spoke to Ricky Shryok about who is and who is not on the ballot and what that means for the country. It should also be noted that we are in the raining season in Senegal. It is currently raining in some area, particularly in the south of the country, such as the Shore. Um, it is therefore feared that the turnout will be lower than in the last legislative election, which was around 54% in 2017. However, the, the election is taking place without major incident expected for the delay that was noted in some polling station that started well after 8 a.m. Who is on the ballot and who almost just as importantly, I think, in these elections, who is not on the ballot? Um, 15 coalition have submitted their candidacy, but only eight least passed the sponsorship hurdle that was introduced into the Senegalese electoral system in uh, 2018. The other list were invalidated for not respecting the sponsorship. Uh, the two main coalition in the running, the ruling Benobokiakar coalition and the opposition coalition, Yewi Askanwi, which is led by Senegalese opposition leader Usman Sonko. We have to notice that in June, the constitutional court, based on the uh, decision of the Ministry of Interior, rejected the national list of Yewi Askanwi candidates and the list of the ruling Benobokiaka deputy candidate. Therefore, the main opposition leaders of Yewi Askanwi coalition, such as Usman Sonko, Dechefal, are not candidates for this legislative election. And this decision that have been taken by the constitutional court exacerbated the political tension and discredited the institution involved in the organization and supervision of these legislative elections, such as the Ministry of Interior and the, the constitutional court. What are Senegalese people voting for today? You know, why are these leg- legislative elections important and what kind of impact could they have on both laws and different kinds of policy in the country, as well as the on policy on um, upcoming presidential elections in Senegal? These legislative elections represent a new episode in the bitter struggle between the two main coalition since the local election of January 2022. The outcome of the election should determine the balance of power in the run-up to the 2024 presidential election. For the Benobokiaka ruling coalition, it will be a question of preventing the opposition coalition Yevi Askanwi and Walu Senegal of the former president Ablaywatch, which have formed an electoral alliance from taking away its current majority in the parliament, where it has uh, 125 seats out of 165. The aim is to ensure, ensure that the president of the republic has a comfortable majority that would allow him to pursue his policy without major obstacle. For the opposition party, um, mainly the Yevi Askanwi uh, coalition, 
it is a question of consolidating the result acquired during the local election where it made a significant breakthrough in certain large cities such as Dakar, Gajawai, Chess, Rifis and Ziganshore. The opposition hopes to rule out any possibility for President Makisal to run for a third term. That's Maurice Trumpen, senior research analyst for the Institute of Security Services. He was speaking to Ricky Shryok in Dakar. That's all we prepared for you this Monday. We now leave you with Mede, Muzika and the song Ria. Musica and the song Rear. I'm your host, John Tanzan Washington. Thanks for allowing us into your home, vehicle, and on your phone. Join us again tomorrow evening for another edition of South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. <laughs>